I always caution people when looking at those types of property because you got to look at the owner occupancy percentage in the building for co-ops that allow that. Banks are not going to lend on buildings that generally have a less than 50% owner occupancy. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to mention Door Devil. You know, you know what? I need to mention Door Devil. I need to mention Door Devil to you. It's not just a want, it's a need because you need this. Door Devil, quite simply, defends your home against kick-in burglary attacks. They happen frequently. There are 1.4 million homes that are broken into every year, and a lot of them are done through kick-ins. If you've got a home security system, then props to you. I'm glad you've got that, and that's important. But it doesn't prevent the bad people from kicking in your door, whether it's your front door, your back door, your side door. You need something like the Door Devil, and Door Devil is the best in the business when it comes to providing proof that it works. You can go to doordevil.com and even watch a video with Terry Bradshaw talking about it. And you can see how it works. It's a very simple product to install. But if you're not into that, then you can just hire a handy person and they can they can install it for you. Very simple. Put it inside the door frame of your front door, your back door, every door you have. And you can defend your home against the kick-in burglary attacks. It's needed. In addition, this is my brother's company. So it's near and dear to my heart. And because it's my brother's company, I'm able to offer you an exclusive discount because he was so kind to do so. You can go when you check out your uh, purchase at doordevil.com and there's going to be a little field. You enter the word best ever, no space, just one word, best, B-E-S-T-E-V-E-R, and you'll get a 20% discount on your purchase. So go to doordevil.com, go buy it, enter best ever and secure your home against kick-in burglary attacks. There are so many testimonials on the website. You can read them from police officers, from a woman who is being, uh, her house is being attacked from an enraged ex-husband, and the door devil defended that attack. Uh, He didn't get in. There's like 20 different testimonials from police officers on the door devil. Go buy it. Defend your home against burglary kick-in attacks. Go to doordevil.com and enter the word best ever whenever you check out and you'll get 20% off on your purchase. Best ever listeners, hello, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the show where we cut out the fluffy stuff. We don't talk about it. We only talk about the real estate advice that moves your business forward. Let's see. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and uh, Jay Papazon the co-author of The One Thing and also The Millionaire Real Estate Agent. And on that note, we're going to be talking with a real estate agent today. Very successful. And how are you doing, Brad Mallow? Hey, Joe. Good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Very well. And Brad is joining us from New York City. Before we start recording, he mentioned that there will likely be sirens happening in the background. So if you hear those sirens, then that's just the authentic New York environment. And as I'm saying that, there's actually a siren going past my house in Cincinnati. So um, I guess I'm, I, I, I just moved from New York about eight months ago, and I, I just I guess I can't leave the New York City vibe even with be, me being in Cincinnati. 
Nice. Yeah, I won't be being taken away anywhere. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, I just want to give uh, Brad's bio just a little bit more and then we'll get into it. Brad has been representing New York City buyers and sellers since 2003. His transaction portfolio exceeds $35 million. He's currently an agent with Douglas Elman. Is that, did I pronounce that right? Douglas Elman. Mm-hmm. Okay. As well as the founder of Buying NYC. If you are interested in learning all about navigating New York City's complex real estate market, then that's the place to go check out buyingnyc.com. Obviously, he's based in New York City, New York. With that being said, Brad, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure. I am originally from uh, the Chicago area, and I moved to the city about 19 years ago. I actually started in the arts. I came here to go to NYU, and then in the midst of that career, decided to uh, get into real estate in 2003. And uh, I started a small boutique firm in Chelsea, where I was the uh, office's top producer within the first year, and then became the office's sales manager, where I oversaw uh, every agent's deal it was about uh, 12 to 15 agents in the office, and then moved to uh, another firm uh, for where I was eight years at uh, Ruttenberg, and uh, then actually just transitioned to Douglas Elliman about three months ago and uh, learning what a big, powerful brand can uh, do for my buyers and sellers and me and business. And then I founded Buying NYC uh, in, I believe it was 2012, because I, I'm huge on education and knowledge. And I think that knowledge is power. And I want to provide uh, laymen, consumers, anybody who's interested, and certainly people who are buying and selling, the power and the knowledge themselves uh, to be able to be educated within the process. I think that's extremely important. So you've been doing uh, real estate for what, over 10 years now in New York City. What are some things that you've learned through that process? Well, I think that you know the New York City market is such an interesting market. It's different than, I would say, just about any other market in the nation. The co-op market is is, is extremely specific. And there are things that buyers and sellers you know, in this market have to learn how to navigate, how to get past co-ops. So there are some tips that I've learned understanding that market. For instance, with buyers, uh, they have to be able to meet certain general financial requirements to get past co-op boards and purchase in the city. And the city's made up about oh, 75% of co-ops versus 25% condo. And condos, you don't need board approval or an interview to get into the building. So uh, you got to have uh, a debt-to-income ratio, for example, that is, generally speaking, less than about oh, 28%. And post-liquidity requirements for co-ops. For instance, after a down payment, a co-op's going to look, for the most part, that a buyer has at least about two years' worth of maintenance and mortgage payments in liquid left over after the down payment. Now, this all is really interesting because I can't tell you, Joe, how many people in the past, my entire career, have called me and, and said, I have a pre-approval. I'm, I'm ready to purchase in New York City. And what they don't realize is, is that 
co-op boards are actually stricter than banks. So I've learned that it's really important for not only myself, but for buyers themselves to vet their financials, to know their financials. It's just, it's just too easy to let somebody else give you a piece of paper and say, yeah, here's your purchase price. You're good to buy. It just doesn't work that way. And again, knowledge being power. You got to know your assets. You got to know your liabilities. You got to know your three-year bonus history, income. There's a lot of obstacles and ups and downs to navigate, especially in the co-op market. From an investor standpoint, when you look at co-op versus condos versus, you know, kind of the 1%, which uh, are townhomes or less than 1% of townhomes, Mm -hmm. where should the investor focus? Because I've had previous uh, agents uh, on the show in New York City, and uh, I've had someone talk about townhomes. I've had Mm -hmm. someone talk about condos. And now you, know, you, you let in with co-ops. Um, and I know because of the board approval, it's very challenging to have an investment property that's a co-op. I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's again, just about every co-op is going to have a uh, sublet policy. So generally speaking, they may allow you to sublet for two out of every five years or three out of every seven. So co-ops are not investor friendly. They like owner occupancy and they like to know that there's no short term renting going on in the building. And again, remember that anybody that's going to rent, even if you get the opportunity to rent, you have to have them go through a board interview, your potential tenant. Condos are prime investment properties. You can sell to foreign buyers in condos. You can sell immediately after a closing on the property. Co-ops are going to have a lot more regulations with regards to uh, foreign purchasers and with regards to just simply the ability to, to sublet. So uh, when people call me wanting to use co-ops for investments, I usually say, we should go condo or you should think <laughs> twice about this. There, there are some co-ops, I will say, that allow subletting from day one after you close. However, I always caution people when looking at those types of property because you got to look at the owner occupancy percentage in the building for co-ops that allow that. Banks are not going to lend on buildings that generally have a less than 50% owner occupancy. So you have to be really careful if you find that type of building. I got people all the time that say, "Let's do let's do it here. Let's purchase here." And I say in your future resale you may have a real big problem selling down the line if it becomes heavily, heavily rented. People won't be able to get a mortgage when they want to purchase. Oh, very interesting. Glad you glad you pointed that out. As you've gone through the real estate world in New York City and you've continued to build relationships and find the people you want to work with, uh, who are some of your team members that you have now and what are their roles and responsibilities? Yeah, um, I work with a, a plethora of different people. I don't have a, a, a team that we, we all divvy up deals uh, with regards to helping each other where we need it. I have a, a colleague of mine. We've worked together for about, oh gosh, I want to say 11 years of my 13-year career. Um, she has been a, a, a right-hand gal to me. And we, we divvy things up in terms of who has more expertise in different neighborhoods. For instance, she lives on the east side of Manhattan. I live on the west side of Manhattan. So generally speaking, we tend to help each other when we have uh, more well-versed knowledge of different parts of the city. And then I have a lot of admin support. And it's one of the reasons that I, I, sh- I shifted to Douglas Elliman in terms of admin and marketing support. So uh, I've got general office support to help me with my entire business. But um, I also have a Brooklyn contact. I do some parts of Brooklyn in terms of Williamsburg and downtown. But again, I think the point that I'm making here is that with regards to knowledge of 
limited small markets, neighborhood markets are important. I don't think, for instance, that if someone called me and asked me to sell their home in the Bronx, that I would take that listing because I don't know the Bronx very well. I don't know the neighborhoods of the Bronx. I don't know the grocery stores, the schools, uh, restaurants, shops, uh, gyms, everything. And I think that having a knowledgeable agent who is extremely well-versed, not only with your hopeful, hopefully your building, uh, your neighborhood is extremely important. Why is it important to know restaurants, gyms, things like that? When people come to buy a home, they want to know as much as they can about what they're purchasing. And very often when people do walk in the door, they may not know certain things about the neighborhood and the building itself. So the more well-versed that you as an agent in, in representing your seller, the more you know, the more you're able to sell the property. The more you're able to make someone feel comfortable about the investment that they're, they're going to make. It's one of the largest investments in their entire lifetime. And if someone comes in the door and says, where can I go to get my groceries? Or where can I go to, you know, to work out and your response is, I don't know, then how can you be trusted to know the building, the purchase that these people are about to make for, for their next maybe five to 20 years of their life? That, that's, that, that's my feeling on it. Brad, what's your best advice ever for real estate investors? I would say there's two different things. One is surround yourself with a knowledgeable, successful team. I think there's extreme value in working with an experienced real estate agent, an experienced loan officer or lender, and an experienced attorney. You need those three solid individuals uh, for a New York City transaction. And I would also say to understand your, again, I'm going back to your local market, how you really assess comps when you're looking to purchase a property, that you understand that you're not over overpaying for something. You know, people don't know that you can take a comp in a building and you can compare that comp to a same line apartment, for example, that sold like seven years ago. There are different types of analysis that you can do with regards to market changes based on an index, renovation, what the condition of the apartment is, floor and view. So I would say surround yourself with a team, understand a local market, really do the comp analysis before you jump into something or work with an agent who knows how to do that so that you're buffered and best set when you're game for, for future resale. What you said, floor, view, mar- what, what were the others? Um, floor, view, uh, market index, that's the change in the market from year to year, and the condition of the apartment. Interesting. Do any of those weigh more than the others? No, they all are uh, factors that contribute to comping a unit. So, you know, for instance, if I'm looking at apartment 7D, but 3D sold in March of 2009, I can go back to the index and see what 3D sold for, do a percentage increase of, of the sales price of 3D based on the market increase, and get what generally 3D would be guesstimated to be today with the market change. And then you would look at 3D's condition when it sold versus 7D's condition and make adjustments based on the amount of money that it might take to get 7D to be in the condition 3D was or subtract the amount of money if 3D was um, not as nice and you're buying something that's nicer. Um, And then you do, you know, about depending on the floor and if there's a major view change, there are different denominations to account for that. So you can really mathematically analyze what you think a current comp can be against. You want to keep an apples to apples comparison. If you can stay in the same line in the same building, that's your best way to kind of keep your investments safe and know you're paying the right price.
lives. Um, you know, the minute you start to stray outside the building, you get different maintenance, monthly maintenance payments, different financials for the building, different services of the building. I had uh, just a quick story. A seller that I sold for on the Upper West Side, he was on the market for nine months with a broker, um, and, I, and he could not sell his apartment. I sold the apartment upstairs from him. In two days, we had four offers um, over the asking, and he came upstairs to me and he said, can you come down and chat with me about my apartment? My contract is going to be up, and I don't know why it's not selling. Well, the original broker had given him comps. This was an elevator building, um, and she had given him comps for a doorman building with uh, similar size apartments. You, you can't compare doorman to non-doorman, walk up to elevator. You got to stick as close to an apples to apples comparison as possible. When you take into account view, how do you put a number next to the view? Because you know, in my experience, you've got an amazing view or you've got a view of a wall or the building right next to you or you've got a view of the street. So are, are there, I mean, how, how do you put a number to that? Yeah, there are different ways to do it. And, and, and to be honest, I would tell um, viewers out there that if they were going to take a peek at it, you know, um, Jonathan Miller, Miller Samuel, if you if Google Miller, Miller Samuel in views, he's got a great formula that you do that with. It can change, from, have no change at all view to view. If, if you've got a third and fourth floor that have the same view, it may be $5,000 per floor. You know, if you've got third floor to floor 27, it may equate to, you know, fifteen dollars to $25,000 per floor. It depends specifically on the value in terms of, you know, what the view you is, uh, what you're facing, brick wall, open street, or open clear skyline with nothing but tops of buildings and uh, blue sky and clouds. It just depends. But I would definitely go with uh, uh, Miller Samuel, who is one of the top appraisers in the city here. And again, I'll, I'll, sh I'll give a shout out to another great website, which is Urban Digs. They've got some great formulas and information on that as well. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I think I am, Joe. <laughs> All right. <laughs> First, well, we got to do it before the sirens get, get too loud or they start coming after us. First, a quick word from our best ever sponsors. If you're looking for new multi-unit investment options in stable top-notch markets, then turn to Fourplex Investment Group at fig.us. That's F-I-G dot U-S. Fig specializes in new construction multi-units and managed communities perfectly suited for A-caliber investors. Go to fig.us. All right, Brad, best ever book you've read. I would say ever was probably a wrinkle in time. What's that about? It's about Meg trying to find her father through the Tesseract. And uh, favorite characters in there are Mrs. Who, Mrs. Which, and Mrs. What's It. <laughs> <laughs> Second grade. It really stuck with me. I've never yeah, clearly. clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Best ever personal growth experience and what would you learn from it? You know... Personal growth experience. I had cancer as a child, and I am a cancer survivor. And um, I had cancer in my right eye. And uh, I've grown up being in the arts and being just you know and approaching people, but telling me that I would not be able to do some of the things that I could do because of what uh, happened to me as a child. I've overcome every single one of those, and I think I'm a stronger person for it. And I would say overcoming cancer has been probably one of my major growth experiences. And. You learn that you can what overcome anything or yeah, I, I self belief. I think um, you know if you if you put your mind to anything, I think anything is possible, no matter what people tell you can or cannot do. What's the best ever deal you've done? 
Oh gosh, a woman came to me who was a rent-controlled individual. She was living in the same apartment for about 40 some years. She had just been turned down by a co-op board. She attempted to go uh, go it alone and apply to uh, a board on her own. She got rejected, uh, came to me. She had no idea about the New York City market and co-ops. And so I looked at the board package she put together, lot, a lot, a lot of mistakes. We found another property, completely guided her blindly through a process and gave her her only ever second home in 40 some years in New York City. She just had no idea about the bank process, mortgage process, co-op board process, and we, and we got past it all. What's the best ever way you like to give back? Couple ways. Um, I love cooking, so I actually do dinners in my apartment. Um, I do a New Year's dinner for a bunch of people. I'm starting to create. Um, I'm trying to find the name. I think it may be a Chowing for Charity or Chow Down for Charity, where I will be hosting events in my apartment for uh, groups of friends and and and, and non friends, um, and will donate to charity uh, for every meal, um, and people will get to eat and um, giving back as well. I just I think again, knowledge being power. My buying nyc website everything is free everything is free knowledge and i I just i just enjoy giving people uh the ability to just sort of fend for themselves based on having as much information as possible what's the biggest mistake you've made so far in real estate the biggest mistake i will say that in my first year of real estate what i did a a a big boo-boo when it comes to real estate agents is i quoted an exact square footage in a co-op apartment and that came to bite me in the end we had an appraisal done and the square footage came in way less than what i had quoted and uh, the buyers got out of the deal um so that being said the lesson i learned is twofold for buyers um Understand if space works for you. Square footage is just a number. Um, and yes, you want to do a little bit of, especially in condos where square footages are, are, are quoted, um, know what you're buying price per square foot. But in general, a square foot, a hallway can be, you know, 30 square feet of an apartment where something else may use 30 square feet better. Just be sticklers about numbers, but understand if a space works for you overall. And if you're a real estate agent, don't quote exact square footage. It's only an appraiser can do that legally. And what do you say? You say about? Um, sometimes I approximate, but in general, what I do is I, I, I ask if the space works for them, and I give them a floor plan. You know, the floor plan will have approximate measurements um, and say that it's as, as close to approximated as possible. But that uh, again, uh, an appraiser is the only one who can legally quote square feet. And if the space works for you, it works for you. If it doesn't, it doesn't. What's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you, Brad? Uh, well, aside from my email and buyingnyc.com, my email being brad.mallow uh, brad. at element.com. Um, the kitchen, where I'm cooking much, and I also <laughs> like to spend a lot of time on the volleyball court. I'm an avid volleyball player. I travel the country every now and then playing tournaments and uh, play three times a week in the city when, when I can. Oh, nice. Chelsea Piers? Um, it's actually a high school on 18th Street uh, that I play at. So, Very cool. Uh, at Rustin High School, yeah. Very cool. Well, Brad, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your insight as a real estate agent in the hustle and bustle of New York City, having success. Uh, you know, your portfolio transaction portfolio exceeds $35 million and talking about how to take a comp and look at it. I, I love those four things, the four primary things that you look for with comps, the market index, the floor, the view, the condition of the apartment. In addition, there are others. Like you said, you can't compare a doorman building to a non-doorman building, elevator, stuff like that. But love how you broke it down there. Really appreciate you spending time with us on the show. I hope you have My a best pleasure. ever day. Thank you. You too. And is there anything else you want to mention to the listeners before we sign off? 
Um, no, it was great to be here. I would, you know, the last thing I would say in terms of selling, I didn't touch too much on sellers, but, uh, you know, differences in seasonality, assess your competition, know your, uh, close neighborhood market and, uh, try and increase your value of your home. If you can, if you don't have to do a whole renovation, little things you can do, painting, sprucing up, staging and all that, but uh, good luck to everybody and, uh, get in touch if you have any further questions. Really good tips for fix and flippers, especially as we stage the houses or apartments that we're fixing and flipping. Thanks a lot, Brad. Have a best ever day. Thanks, you too. If you're looking for new multi-unit investment options in stable top-notch markets, then turn to Fourplex Investment Group at fig.us. That's F-I-G.us. Fig specializes in new construction multi-units and managed communities perfectly suited for A-caliber investors, go to fig.us.